This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined in the studio this week by Don Brock and making his debut off the bench, channeling his inner Tim Glasby at following a shot call up is Martin Gabor. How are we, gents? Doing very well, CK. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm the token round 15 origin bolter. I'll give 110%, won't let the boys down, and I'll be back where I belong next week. <laughs> uh, good to be here, CK, again. Uh, we've got no such feel, but uh, yeah, ready for another tricky buy round in fantasy. It is a tricky buy round. We're missing half the competition who are on buys and also a big chunk of fantasy relevant players from the teams that are playing because they're away in origin camp, making it a really tough one for. Overall coaches, while head-to-head coaches are hopefully conserving those valuable trades for the run home. Um, I'll start with a shout-out to Adrian McMurray, who's not here for some uh, some fantastic trading over the past fortnight. He's, uh, he's a little bit in, in, in a bit of a state, Adrian McMurray, because he's not only sold Cam Smith, who got 80 on the weekend, but his only trade last week was Bodine Thompson to Trent Merrin, which was, a, what was about a negative 40 differential. And he's uh, also shout-out for his uh, non-playing halves, Jalen Feeney, and uh, was it Frawley outscoring his starting halves? I think it was Cherry Evans and Cleary or some other concoction. So it's, uh, it's been a fine week for, for Adrian. Exactly. And if anyone knows bad trades, CK. Yeah, well, I, I think I might have got a roasting the week after. I wasn't here to defend myself following the Leilua to Walker trade. So I uh, just uh, try to share, share the love around. The latest in league. We'll dive straight into some team changes. Uh, round kicks off with the Rabbitohs taking on the Titans. Rabbitohs actually unchanged heading into a big origin buy round, which is probably a little bit unusual, but no origin representation there. Um, boys, what are we thinking? Origin relevant team, um, sorry, fantasy relevant team with Sam Burgess, Crichton, these sort of players. Um, also a few guys struggling like Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're a popular team because they play in all three uh, buy rounds. Um, but yeah, as you say, apart from their back rowers, um, none of them have really been quite at expectations this Season, um, Adam Reynolds is probably an interesting one, but he's been a bit quiet of late. I think he got 46 on the weekend and a few scores in the 30s before that. Yeah. Do, do you reckon he's going to bounce back? <sighs> well, against a Gold Coast team missing so many star players, you'd think there'd be some attacking opportunities, maybe some goal kicking there. But <sighs> he hasn't really come into the reckoning when I've looked at my halves this season. And as you said, Sam Burgess is my captain and he's the only bunny I've got. Mm. What do we think about Tyrell Fuamono? He's earned himself a starting berth yeah. now, scoring pretty solid. He's obviously made a, a big chunk of cash, I think almost 100 grand already. Does still have a small break even? Is it too late to jump on for a bit of buy coverage? Well, he slipped my mind. He's also in my team. <laughs> and, and he's definitely going to be in my centres this weekend. Um, yeah, I think he's got a break even of six this week. And then after the buy, a break even of nine. So still some cash there to be made if you don't have him. And is he going to hold that starting second row spot? I haven't really looked at the rotation much. Is he filling in for someone? Sort of got there on merit, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I mean, they've chopped and changed a bit with Kyle Turner, uh, Robbie Rocco on the bench. He's more of a prop now these days. So, well, a couple of good performances and who knows, could be his. Should we give ourselves a pat on the back for telling everyone not to buy George Burgess last week? I think so. He had a, what are you at, 20, mid-20s? 23 or 22 yeah. or something. I'll t- take no credit for it, but I'll <laughs> jump on the back of this, so... <laughs> Nice one. We'll head into the Titans. Obviously, mass changes there with, uh, I think, Jared Hayne 
uh, out for them. Nathan Peets also in the Blues camp and Jared Wallace uh, called up to the, the Queensland side with uh, a few other outs in Kane Elgie, uh, Robert Slaughton all injured. Um, Proctor, Oli Pateru, Politoni all in. McQueen named at 5'8", although Jamal Fogarty is now up in the... Uh, yeah, the so the Eels only officially announced that they released him yesterday, Fogarty. Um, so he's likely, we think, to slot into the halves uh, this week for the Titans. Um, he's base price. He's available at uh, winger fullback and in the halves. So if you need a cash out in one of those positions, he's an option. He'll play this week. He probably, I don't know, will he play again? They've got a few injuries, but... Mm. Well, it's annoying because I preempted this a few weeks ago and bought AJ Brimson in the winger fullback, given his form uh, for the under-20 site and the under-20s Queensland team. So Fogarty's signing has <coughs> cost me a needless trade. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if he'll keep his spot. How long is LG out for? Good question. It's a, it's a bit of a mystery. Sternum injury, I, I don't... I mean, it's, I think it might be more than one week. I don't know mm. if they're expecting long-term. Two to four. Tyron maybe. Roberts as well can come back. Yeah. He's still got a shoulder injury, I think. Needless so long-term, but... Yeah, it yeah. might just be one week. You're not going to be playing him in your 17 beyond the buy rounds anyway. No. Um, so, yeah, if you need to cash out and you want an extra, what's he going to get, 20, maybe 30 points? Then it's yeah. not the worst trade. Yep. Cool. We'll dive into uh, the Storm. Obviously, have many origin changes with, obviously, Glasby joining uh, Smith, Slater, Cronk, and also Chambers um, on origin duty. Um, Cameron Munster's probably their most relevant player in fantasy terms. They also have a couple of uh, bargain basement sheepies in line this week who might get some buy round action. Well, it was interesting to see last week um, in the 20s, uh, Curtis Scott and Brodie Croft both popped up. They've been playing for the East Tigers in the Queensland Cup. Um, Croft, we all know, is going to be a halfback of the future. Scott, a really exciting prospect in the back line, was well contained by the Sharks and gets his opportunity um, to add to the few games he played last year in first grade. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Croft actually comes into the squad. We saw him make his NRL debut, I think, in the corresponding round last year against yeah. the Dragons. Um, and he's more of a genuine halfback than um, Riley Jacks is. Well, well, that's it. And I think Be uh, Bellamy made the point a few weeks ago. He likes to carry that um, utility on the bench, so I wouldn't be surprised if Croft starts and Jacks actually drops back to the bench. Are we looking at um, Curtis Scott as another cash-out option in the centres? We'll play this round and round 18, you know, again, if you need to cash somebody out. Well, again, I've had him since the pre-season, so I'm, <laughs> I'm licking my lips right now. Um, I can't see him holding on to his spot beyond this round, but if you've got him, hats off to you. Have we got any injury concerns in the Storm backs? Is Torhu Harris named in the centres this He week? is, yeah. Um, Chase Blair's out at the moment, is that? Chase Blair is out. I think he had ankle surgery. Yeah. He's so, still got a month on the sidelines. Mm. Yeah. If he's back for round 18 anyway, they might still play Harris in the back row and play Scott again. Yeah. Plenty of depth now in the forwards as well with Miles signing, so Harris can easily slot in there. Sure. Their opponents this weekend equally ravaged by origin concerns in the Cowboys. Um, we've got Kyle Labutt on debut. Still no Callum Ponga. Um, despite a, a few outs for Origin. What are we thinking at the, the Cowboys? Yeah, I don't know. Is there much new? I mean, Kalen Pong is probably... His chances of coming back are just about done, unless Lock and Coot gets injured again. Um, beyond that, Laybutt's another cash-out option this week. Anything else interesting? Kane Linnett in the back row is... Yeah. That, that caught my eye. I think Felice Gafusi coming off a two-try haul last week. 
Mm. We'll be running many lines towards him. Um, I'd be, yeah, do we think uh, Lennart will start there? I mean, he used to be a speedster in his days at the Roosters. Yeah. It's a big body, so he looks like a, a second rower as much as anything, I guess, with, um, with Cooper and Hess both missing they wanted to sort of I keep keep someone experience experience up yeah. there yeah um, I guess I mean hopefully for those who have Jason Tomololo he has a big one you know he's, he's obviously the standout in that pack this week and we'll have to have a big game if they're going to um, get the win it's interesting because last year when at full strength Melbourne actually contained Tomololo I think in all three games his stats weren't actually that great um, in 2015 when the Cowboys ended the losing drought, he was actually on the back of him, but last year I think Melbourne rushed up, cut off his time, and his tackle breaks and metres were really down compared to his season average. Is he a captaincy option this week, coming off a, a season low score, thinking that Hessen Cooper out and he's going to have to lift, or are we playing it safe with your gallons and Sam Is it Burgess's? Option? There's actually quite a lot of captaincy options still this week, I think, with, yeah. as, as you say, yeah. Sam Burgess, Gallon, um, Jack DeBellin, yeah. Cam McInnes, a few others. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, we'll head over to the next game, Sharks v Tigers. Sharks, uh, another team with quite a few Origin guys out. No rookies really being blooded. It's more the, um, the depth first graders that have got a fair bit of experience that are coming in. Um, I guess Braley and Gallon are probably the most fantasy-relevant players at the Sharks. Well, I think with Daniel Mortimer on the bench, that spells a bit of trouble for Jaden Braley. Um, coming off, what, 16 last week? Yeah, and that, yeah. that certainly hurt a few of us who had him on the reserves list. Um, if Mortimer's there you'd think he might play 60 minutes max. But he could still easily score more than 16 in 60 yeah. minutes. He's a weird one, Bradley, because he, he can get good scores. He can get close to 50 in 80 minutes, and he can do what he did last week and play... Did he play the full 80 or 75 or something? Yeah, he came off towards the end, and, and Melbourne sent a lot of their big guys at him, try to isolate, sure. isolate him in defence, so there are a few missed tackles there. Yeah. Um, He's been a probable sell for a few weeks, but if you're playing for overall... Can you really afford to be selling someone who's actually going to get you a score this yeah. weekend? He'll score something. His price won't drop a ton. And yeah, if you're playing it for overall, the points matter more than than you know price at the moment. And he said a few weeks ago he's really trying to add uh, some kicking to his yeah. uh, bow and running the ball a bit more. And that's what we saw a lot in the 20s last year when he won the Holden Cup Player of the Year. He's an attacking beast at his best. I think he's just trying to get that confidence and maybe with. Um, uh, a few players out, such yeah. as James Maloney and Valentine Holmes, that might give him the impetus to and put his hand up. against the Tigers, up. who aren't the best defensive well, that's, team. That's right. Mm. Yeah. What do we think of the Tigers? Obviously, Woods and Tedesco out uh, playing for New South Wales. Tui Lola here has had a pretty solid start yeah. to his uh, Tigers career. Malachi Wateni Zalesniak gets another start after being bumped the last few weeks. Um, Asan Masters playing, I think, his third game. Eisenhuth making a debut off the bench. There's a few talking points there. Yeah, happy to see um, Wotenny Zelazniak get another run. Um, he's in my team. Uh, I don't know if we'll be back <laughs> after this when Tedesco comes back, but, you know, any points helps. Uh, Lola, he has been pretty good. Yeah, but Luke Brooks back in the team, that might take a few points off him. Um, great to see Luke Brooks back. I mean, they've clearly missed his kicking game and his control. Um, whether that helps against the Sharks, I'm not too sure. Lola here taking on a fair bit of responsibility alongside Little John the last couple of weeks. Maybe a little bit less involved in terms of kicks with Brooks back, but it might help the overall balance of the team. And obviously the, the talking point there, uh, Little John bumped rather than Lola here, who isn't going to be getting a spell anytime soon in reserve grade, it looks like. And the thing going for Lola here, if Brooks just takes control outside, Lola here can return to his running game, which is his forte. So you're looking at your, ta your tackle breaks, your line breaks and things like that. 
which all bode well for him. Mm. He was a potential mid-range sort of cash down or, or cash across for guys like Hampton and Frawley last week. Is he still an option this week, given it is a buy round? Yeah, he's still he's still pretty cheap, I think. Because of those low scores early in the year at, at the Warriors, his price hasn't skyrocketed or anything based on his last two good scores. So he's still uh, pretty good value, I think, under 300000 I'd have to check. Um, so, yeah, I mean... What do we think he's going to get more than 40 a week still, which makes him probably a keeper at fullback, but not in the halves? Yeah. Well, he got 54, I think, in his first game, which included five tackle breaks. 41, I think, on the weekend, including a try. Um, His second half, he scored hardly any fantasy points at all. Well, that's it. He was on 20-odd after about 10 minutes and then sort of went missing fantasy-wise after that. Cool. All right, we'll head on to Eels v Dragons. Eels, another team uh, not affected by origin. They've got Kurosami Alvaa named to replace uh, Nathan Davis. Uh, Michael Jennings, though, lurking in the reserves. What are we thinking? Well, that's the big one. I think if MJ comes back this week, uh, I don't know what Brad Arthur will do, but I assume Clint Gutherson would shift to the wing, where he's played in the past. Um, and, yeah, Alvaa might be the unlucky man to miss out. Yeah, which would be bad news for Gutherson owners because he's been fantastic this year. He was still pretty good on the weekend. He scored 40-odd mm. at centre. In um, a big loss as well. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they kind of missed him a bit in that game in one of the playmaking roles, I think, the Eels. Corey Norman came back, him and Moses didn't quite click straight away. and Yeah, but we think there's no, there's no chance Gutherson's going back to fullback or the halves anytime soon? Well, Brad Arthur's pretty much ruled out the fullback thing. He said they've invested in Bevan French, who is the future at fullback. People are talking about putting Bevan on the wing. I know he scored quite a few tries last year when he was blooded there, but he's not your typical big body kick returner, um, which you need on the wing. He's not tall for your, you know, your Tupo Ferguson style marks under kicks, um, but he is very evasive and skillful, which is probably, you know, more your Callum Ponga style, you know, specialist fullback. So I can see him sticking there, whereas Gutherson just plugs so many different roles if you, if you need him to, although he'd have to view the wing as a bit of a demotion after what he's done at 5'8 this year. And if we go back to when these sides last met, I think uh, Bevan French had a whale of a game, scored a try and combined with Semi Radra on the left with that beautiful, in, on the right three and that beautiful inside pass. So maybe they're a side that he likes to play against. I think he actually might have even scored a hat-trick against them last year in round 26. That against them? He got a hat-trick yeah. against somebody. Yeah, I think he, he might have done something like that. And again, Radradra, who had a very quiet game last week, I think he got four tries when these sides met earlier in the year. Yep. 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 So good news if you've still got him. Hopefully lightning strikes twice and... He can cross a few mm, more times. Fingers crossed. Scoring on the left and the right flank last time from, from memory. But as you say, quiet last week is a guy that's uh, basically viewed as, as buy-round cover. Elsewhere in the team, Nathan Brown's in quite a few teams. Corey Norman's popular at the start of the year until he got injured. Yeah. Um, a lot of people still have both those guys. Some people will buy Corey Norman this week for the buy-rounds. It's a bit tricky, their schedule now, because they've got, they play in around 15 and around 18, but they have two buys coming up as well. One next week in round 16, one in round... 19, so yeah, got, buying these plays now for buy coverage is a bit of a double-edged sword because mm. you're also going to be a bit short in those other rounds, so you have to check out your depth. Yeah, I had Norman at the start of the year yeah. before his injury, and I'd be hesitant to rebuy him until I've seen what he and Moses can do. Like someone like, so he's been outscoring Adam Reynolds this year, Corey Norman, um, and probably still will, but Reynolds plays one extra game, so if he gets 40 or 50 points, that counts for a lot. It's a good point you make. We've been talking about the Eels as having great buy coverage, but they, at this point, are one of the 
only teams with still two buyers coming up. And I think we all found out in round 13 when Souths and Sharks were out that if you load up on the good, yeah. quote unquote, buy round players, it leaves you with a bit of headache in those uh, sort of minor buy rounds when you've got quite a yeah. few players. After this week, they're just about the worst buy team in the Oh, yeah, considering that, yeah. you know, got two to come. Moving on, last but not least, the Dragons, who have Dugan and Frizzell in Origin camp. Uh, Jack DeBellin is a, a fringe player, but he'll play on the weekend. Um, no rookies coming in in their place. They're again using the the depth type players. What are we thinking with the Dragons? It's a weird one because I actually almost prefer this back line. I mean, we saw it against I think the Warriors. Um, they just throw the ball around and they're not afraid to just let the ball sing. Um, so you got guys like Khalifa Five Five Low who aren't going to play too many more games this year there's no real need to rush them in but from a non-fantasy mm. viewpoint I love the look of this back line but <laughs> and the, the, I think in that game we saw the, the likes of Lafay and Nene and Kurt all score yeah. huge points um, and I think if it's dry Sunday afternoon football at ANZ we could see something similar. Um, yeah fantasy wise we're putting McInnes and DeBellin both in that captaincy bracket they both got 70 last yep. week um, that was in a game where they did a lot of defending, especially early on. So DeBellin especially raced away to a lot of early points. So I don't know if they'll be doing as much against Parramatta. We'll see. But they're both really solid. For those of us who don't have Cameron McInnes and mm -hmm. we're looking to get rid of Jaden Braley, should we hold off a couple of weeks until we bring him in? Uh, and is he the next best option after Cameron Smith? I think he is. Um, I mean, McCulloch's... <laughs> Been great. We've been talking for weeks about McCulloch eventually losing minutes, but they keep getting injuries mm. and he keeps slaying big minutes. But um, yeah, long term, McInnes is it. Um, yeah, you may as well get him as soon as you can. Just enjoy the points. Don't worry about you know scheduling it. Just grab his his yeah. points where you can. Um, Paul Vaughan, probably the other notable one. He uh, The Dragons' whole forward pack, it was a bit of a, a weird game against mm. Parramatta when they played in round two. The, the Eels just had all the ball and the Dragons made no metres. Paul Vaughan still made sort of 40-odd metres and, and scored a late try. If it's a bit more of an open game, it might suit the, the way that he's been scoring points this year after getting, I think it was no tackle breaks or, or real sort of attacking stats against the Dogs last week. Well, we saw, I think it was the Manly game when it's a bit more open. He loves to promote that football. I think he had five offloads in the first half alone. We didn't see that last week in the Bulldogs game, much tighter sort of style of footy. But if this game does open up like I think it will, um, that'll play right in the hands of someone like Paul Vaughan. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah. Sure, we'll move on to the uh, the Twitter questions after going through all the, the team changes. First one comes from Ram Haradaran. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He wants to know who's a better trade-in for the remainder of the season out of Dylan Edwards, Nick Kotrick, Tommy Turbo and Cameron Munster. Um, just for the sake of clarity, the buy schedule of those players, Edwards and Turbo, are done with their buys after the current round 15 buy. Uh, Nick Kotrick misses this week and also round 18. Munster just has round 19 to come and he's also the only one that actually plays this week. Yeah, so for this week, Munster looks the best for that reason. Um, with two buys to come, uh, can covers two positions, scores 45 points a week, you know, rock solid. Um, after that, Edwards and Turbo are both good options. Edwards is cheaper. Turbo yep. covers two positions. I wouldn't be buying Kotrick yet at this point. You know, if you've got him, you could hold him as a keeper, but I don't think he's a buy. Well, that's it. We know what Turbo can do. I mean, last week was no real indication. It was wet, first game back from injury. So I think he'll return to his best in the weeks to come. Dylan Edwards, last week, I mean, if you've got him, 
Congratulations. I mean, the tackle-breaking machine. I think he plays more of the, sort of the old-school fullback. I mean, he, yeah. he does have that ball playing in him, but he's a great support player, good kick returns, safe under the high ball. So you know, you know what you're going to get from him each week. Yeah, and after last week, he really made the step up from high-scoring cash cow to keeper. It's mm. hard to see... I mean, for one thing, he had that monster score, but the other thing is um, how good Matt Moylan was at 5.8. Yeah. It's hard to see them moving him back to fullback now. Like, he, he just owned that game at the end of the, the win against Canberra. So, mm. um, yeah, we think he's safe. Well, Edwards think, now for yeah, the rest of the year. Job security. Surely there's, there's no chance they're going to shift Moylan out of 5.8. Like, even yeah. if Cardi comes back next week, which he won't, they're either going to play him in the back row and leave Moylan and Edwards yeah. where they are. Interesting what you say about his style. He does remind me a bit more of, a, I guess, a Minicello throwback who's just a, a great kick return, a great run, a great tackle buster without being your, I guess, Billy Slater, Darius Boyd style creative player so we're basically thinking what we said last time which is he's not a a must buy if you're sort of already settled on your team and you're running low on trades with a decent bank yep. but if you are looking for a, another option in the wing fullback then he's a he's a good one uh moving on kiri two nation asks uh one from left field but thoughts on daniel alvaro seems to have secured a starting berth now and has a five round average of 41. that is from left field i have not considered him at all um my first instinct is to say no, just because at this time of the year, as we've said, you know, I tend to look for keepers or very, very cheap players. Um, I'm not even sure if he's necessarily a cash cow. And if he's not scoring 50 points a week, then he's not a keeper in the forwards. He's got a World Cup to look forward to at the end of the year for Italy. <laughs> um, look, I probably wouldn't be buying him, but he scored one of my favourite tries, I think, two years ago against Cronulla when he just kept not getting tackled and kept getting up. Um, it was memorable. Um, yeah, he, he is starting. He's getting pretty consistent 45-ish minutes a week at roughly a point a minute in that time. But as you say, if it's sub-50, he's not really a keeper and he's too expensive to be a cash Yeah, house. probably earlier in the year if he was doing this, then maybe, but at this point... There are much better options out yeah. there. So. For sure. Uh, Alessandro Tilocca, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, wants to know, is Sione Mataudia a sell? And also, do you think Jared Hayne and Nick Cottrick could be keepers in the centres? Um, we'll start with Sione because, Dom, I believe you've done some crunching on the stats. I did. I looked at some numbers. Um, yeah, so his average this year isn't as good as we all hoped it would be. And he is coming up off a couple of scores in the mid-20s, Sione, which is disappointing. Um, but still, taking in the whole season, he's had a lot of games where he's either been injured, mostly concussions, um, three games he's played limited minutes, um, plus he's played one game at centre and one at halfback, strangely. And in all those games, he scored quite poorly, averaging 28. Um, but when he plays in his usual position, which is in the second row, and plays the 80 minutes, as he usually does, he's averaged... Uh, almost 41. So if he does that for the rest of the year, that's keeper territory for a centre, especially because there aren't many centres that are much better than that, you know, reliably. Yeah, I, I think he's starting to pick up that role really well. I mean, we saw against Canberra a few weeks ago, he was running holes really well. He's started to produce an offload and in, his defence is first rate now. So um, I've been burnt by him a few times. I don't have him, but teams I've played against do and he, seeing him in the centres often instills fear and he often yeah gets that 40 to 50 mark. I mean if he keeps getting mid-20s then that's obviously going to be a worry but but all centres in fantasy have quiet games. Um, on the weekend um, Tom Turbo had 20, James Roberts got 17, Tim Laffey 21, Mitch Orbison 15. Just reading these numbers these are the other guys who average better than 40 a week and they all had bad games so I wouldn't panic too much mm. if you had Sioni. Basically, last week, if you'd sold Sione for one of the better centres, you would have got 
fewer points out of the better centre yeah, than you would have got right. from Sioni anyway. As you say, the last two games, they got swamped by Melbourne a fortnight ago, which was never going to be his sort of game. And then on the weekend, absolutely torrential conditions yeah. out at Brookvale. So not his sorts of games. So we're thinking if you can average 80 in the back row with no more injuries, hopefully 40-ish from here on. And yeah, trades are vital at this time of the year as well. So doing a sideways kind of move in the centres is a bit of a waste. So second half of that question, Hayne and Kotrick, possible keepers in the centres. We saw Hayne, um, probably not a great all-round score outside of his try, but managed to get over 40, at moving back to fullback for the Titans, and Kotrick just keeps on delivering. I've got both in my team. Um, Kotrick in the centres, I think Hayne as a winger fullback. Um, I'm convinced Jared's going to come good in the next few weeks. Um, I think once they sort out that spine and where they see certain players, uh, it'll let the likes of Jared settle. He'll get, he'll get his fitness and confidence back post-origin as well, and we'll get back to those 200-metre games, a few try assists. So I, I have faith in him for sure. And the fact you can play both those guys at centre or fullback is pretty handy as well. Yeah, and with the thing with Nick Kotrick, I mean, he, he got a double, so that really boosted his score. Yeah. But I think we've seen when he doesn't score, he can go a bit missing apart from those tackle-breaking runs that he loves out of dummy half. For sure. All right, moving on. Brandon Scott Lee asks, should I trade in Jack DeBello or Jack DeBello? Jack DeBello <laughs> or Jason Tamer low, low <laughs> this week. Low, low, better average, but Jack DeBello at cheaper, so more cash for trades. Or should I just wait and get Marty Tapao? All those guys looking pretty good at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. I'm one of the people who got Tomalolo last week and wished they got Debellin instead. <laughs> um, so who knows? They're different kind of players. They can both go big on their day. Um, Debellin's a bit more reliable because he's mostly scoring through tackles and he can get 50 tackles pretty easily. Um, the Dragons, who have won a lot of games, still tend to do a lot of defending and they've actually got a tougher draw in the second half of the year than the first half, so they could be you know, defending more than they have. So he's probably a bit more solid. Then again, Tom Lally could hit 100 this week. So, Yeah, I mean, Jack DeBellin, we all saw on Sunday, on oh, Monday, sorry, just how are you going to mass points just like that. I think he's the guy that you want just because you know what you're going to get from, it, from him each week. Whereas Jason Tamalolo can be the guy where on the Monday you're like, I wish I had him. But there are other weeks where he only gets the 30 and it's buyer's regret. Um, if you can get both, why not? Because um, I don't mind carrying a, an impact guy in that back row, but I think DeBellin's definitely the safer option. And I'd take one of those guys now rather than waiting for mm. Marty Tapao. What do we think about Tapao? He's always been one of those guys who'll get 90 with 10 tackle breaks mm. one week and 30 the next, but yeah. it seems like the 30s have sort of dried up and he's been a bit more consistent. He's been really good this year. It's still, I mean, I've still got a bit of doubt just because of previous years he's had big games before and not kept up that form, but... So far, so good this season. The discipline's there. I think the penalties have certainly dropped. Um, he's tightened that carry, but he's still managing to get those offloads. I mean, even when it looks like he's got three or four guys around him and he's headed to the turf, still pops and out the back, and a lot of them lead to plenty of line breaks and tries as well. So, yeah, he's mm. just he's in career-best form. Mm. And no judiciary concerns since that shoulder charge back in round one or, one or two, whenever yeah. it was. Cool. All right. Last question of the week. I can handle this one from Josh Hardgrove, who says, how come there are no break-evens for buy teams? Um, so players on the buy, if you click on their mini profile, it'll say their break-even zero because that's around 15 break-even. Just click on the Stats Center, um, head to Fantasy Coach Stats, and it'll have your round 16 break-evens followed by predicted round 17 and 18 break-evens. So they're in there. You can find them. Um, you just have to dig a little bit for them. Um, gents, our own trades this week. I'm going to hold fire because I'm playing for head-to-head and I am, it's sort of starting to run a bit low on trade, so I'll, I'll hold off. Is anyone looking to pick anyone up this week? 
I'm also playing for head-to-head. -head. I've actually got a lot of trays left, so it wouldn't hurt if I did bring someone in. Um, I, but I don't think I will, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think I will. I'm pretty happy with my team at the moment. I know who I need to bring in going forward. Um, so I think I'm going to hold Brayley one more week. Um, Jesse Bromwich as well. I'm just holding out mm. for that one big performance from <laughs> Jesse. I, I, he's coming. I don't know when it'll be. Probably the week after I trade him, but yeah, I'm going to keep him. Yeah. I haven't made my mind up yet on whether I'll trade or not. I probably will just because I tend to get the itchy trade figure before um, the first game of the round. But yeah, that, as Muddy has just said, the, the real thing now is um, planning what you want your team to be, your final you know, 17 to be. So we're only a few weeks away really. I mean at the end of the buys you can pretty much from then on get your best team together. So look, you know, plan for that, target every trade towards that team. That's the way to do it. Beauty boys, that's a wrap. Thanks for your input this week. Uh, if anyone wants to catch us on Twitter, our handles are at ccannedy80, at dom underscore brock, and at Martin Jacob um, We still have the fantasy preview video to come this week, as well as a um, obviously uh, available on Twitter heading into the weekend. So hit us up using hashtag NRLFantasy. Uh, enjoy the weekend's footy and good luck with your trades. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.